Hey there, this is Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. You're listening to the Aligned Women podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If you want more time with your family and more money in your bank account, you're in the right place. Be sure to take our Aligned Practice quiz to find out how aligned your practice is. You can find it at www.alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. Now sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. I am here today with an on-air coaching call. That I feel like it's a pretty special one because today I'm actually doing a coaching call for you with one of our coaches in our program. And uh, this is Dr. Goldie Jacques Mains. You know, I, I almost always comment about someone's name. Like, did I pronounce your name correctly? Cause I always forget to ask first. And I still, sometimes I'm like, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? You got it right. You've got some pretty funny um, scenarios of people mispronouncing your name. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be one of them. <laughs> All right. So we'll first introduce yourself and share a bit about your family um, and your practice. Sure. I am Dr. Goldie Jacquemains. I practice in California in Aptos, um, which is in the central coast area between San Francisco and Monterey. And I've been in practice since 2008. So 12 years now, um, I have, I originally bought a practice when I graduated. I graduated from Cairo school with two babies. I had both my children while I was in school and I just wanted to jump in to a busy practice and get started with life. Um, and uh, I'm currently in my third location over the last 12 years. I have a husband and the two children who are now 12 and 14. And we like being outside and enjoying all the beauty that California here on the coast has to offer. Beaches and mountains and redwood forests and whatnot. You mentioned that you wanted to finish school and just jump into a busy practice. So after buying this practice, is that what happened? It was busy. <laughs> life, <laughs> life was busy. I'm not sure that I like the glorification of busy anymore. <laughs> mm. Well, what was different maybe in that experience than what you expected it to be? Mm. What was different in that experience than what I had expected? I don't think it, I mean, I think, what was different? Um, it was, I had different challenges than I think someone who started out in practice with no patients, mm -hmm. right? So my first month in practice, I was seeing 200 patients a month. So it was busy, right? I, I haven't had that struggle of um, not having people come in. I granted over the course of those first three years, um, not everyone stayed. But yes. it was a female doctor and an activator practice. Um, and I retained one of the key staff members over time. And so that um, was, like, you know, we were able to retain a lot of the patients. I still have a lot of those original patients from that practice that come and see me. 
Do you feel like with the changes in your location that that brought on some new challenges as well? Or maybe, well, knowing a little bit about your practice, maybe it was challenges that were going on that led to the change in location. Yeah, more of that. Do you want to talk more about those? Sure. I mean, the first challenge I had three years into practice was the economy tanked uh, in 2008, 2009, 2010. And so just our community took a big hit. Um, And I think that really just affected, you know, security and stability for people and financial whatnot. And um, as I was raising my rates from what her prices were and, and sort of just not not knowing how to run a business or how to have clear boundaries, mm. all those kinds of, of yeah. challenges. You know, my husband at the time was a professional cyclist. And so he was on the road 200 days a year and gone for days and weeks at a time. And being a young mom, there was a lot of challenges. So each, um, the, the first move I made was renting space in a small, in another clinic. So rather than operating my own office for the next, after I closed that location and moved, then I had four years in that other um, space with a lot less responsibility and, and more shared, shared situation. So then you moved again. And at what point did you decide to move that second time? When I was ready to take on the responsibility of staff. And How did you know when you were ready? I, um, that's a good question. I just didn't, wasn't happy where I was anymore. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Like you have the potential to take on more responsibility, but you, you were in a position of feeling um, so unhappy. Now I don't know that it was like so, so unhappy, but it was like unhappy enough in your current situation that that was what gave you like the motivation, if you will, to move on to, a different situation. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I feel like there's this place that we get to in our lives and in our practices, our businesses, where it's like, everything is just kind of okay. And I could probably be reaching a higher potential, but this is good enough. (laughs) I don't ever get there. I like to always be pushing for something new and bigger. That's I mean, I, I joke that every three to four years I need to like move my office because I, and I'm actually my, my five-year lease in the current location is up and I'm like looking around mm-hmm. going, should I move again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, business is great. It's solid. I have, when I did move, I went through a rebrand and I worked with a marketing um a marketing consultant and a branding person. And she really helped me identify what I now understand as our ideal patient avatars and brand coloring and, you know, themes and imagery guidelines and all this kind of stuff that has really just created a marketing, very easy and reproducible marketing. Um, That's not a word that you hear chiropractors say a lot about their marketing, easy and reproducible. (laughs) So kudos (laughs) to you and to, I'm assuming Dawn as well for um, making that happen for you and for your practice. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. 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 All right. So we mentioned this a little bit, but you have a unique um, role here in this (laughs) on your coaching session because you're also a coach. 
So do you want to talk more about your role in Aligned Women? Sure. I um, host two of the monthly group coaching calls um, currently on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So members can join the call once a month and get support with the monthly how-to that you, um, that we <laughs> create <laughs> and um, come and get support with any of the struggles or questions they might have about the success path and the core content, self-care, marketing, community and relationship building, And you also provide one-to-one support sessions. I don't yes. know if I heard you say that. Thank yeah. you. I didn't. I also <laughs> have um, openings in my calendar for one-to-one um, coaching sessions, which which are a benefit of the membership. You get a quarterly coaching call with one of the support coaches, which is currently you and I. So I feel pretty proud of the fact that we've taken group coaching, one-to-one coaching, and um, membership or like online educational model and blended it all together and somehow made it profitable and a place that people come and actually most stay for a pretty long time. Um, And we've made the, we've made it profitable with a price point that actually is affordable. And (laughs) I find it really, I don't know, astonishing, I guess maybe is the word. When I look at the price points for other programs within chiropractic, even for practices that are just starting up, I'm like, wow, that is a really big leap to make when you don't have a really solid uh, business yet and you're paying $800 a month, $1,200 a month, $2,000 a month. I'm like, that's that's a really big leap of faith, which is not a bad thing. It's just that I don't know that I would have done that myself at that point in business, that I would have, it's not that I wouldn't have believed that I would be able to do it or afford it, but it's just like, I don't know that I would have had maybe the mindset to um, see the value in it. Yeah. I mean, you know, my experience, I was with a practice management company for, I don't remember how long, maybe a year or more. Um, they provided made-for-you scripts and made-for-you newsletters and made-for-you folders to hand to your patient for your, um, what do you call it? Your report of findings. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to say every time. And um, I, none of that ever felt in alignment with my values or how I enjoy communicating with my patients. Um it made people feel fear and um, scarcity and, and not feel, you know, love and warmth. And what I love about the aligned women is, you know, it's, we really just always focus on what is best for the doctor, you, right. And your family is going to be what's best for your patients and your community and helping you live your best life. Yes. So that you, so- you, can enjoy life and, and, and feel good about the impact you're having in your community. Yeah. I w- we've done some kind of amazing job at creating a culture where you can practice the way that you want to practice um, clinically and that it's all okay. And our goal is to just help you build a profitable practice that supports the lifestyle that you want to live with your family. Yeah. And so you can practice however you want to, if you want to adjust the spine only, then go for it. I mean, if you want to 
um, implement functional medicine and acupuncture, you can do that too. Let's just make sure it's profitable for you and supports your family. Yeah, you want to have an online course? Cool, we can help you do that too. Right, exactly. So on that note, <laughs> let's talk more about that because you've gotten your practice now to a place where, from my perspective, I feel like you probably see about all the patients that you want to see, and now you're figuring out, okay, what's next? How do you continue to grow a business and continue to grow the profitability of it, um, knowing that you are pretty much at your maximum capacity with what you want to do, particularly physically, I think for yeah. your body, Yeah, which I can really yeah. relate to because uh, my, my capacity is probably lower than yours, but I get to a point where I see around 60 office visits a week and I'm like, yeah, no, this is, this is all from my body. And actually that was years ago. So it's probably different now after I four imagine pregnancies. yours is really different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so tell me more about where you're at right now with your practice from that perspective, and what are you thinking about doing? I have really, so, I mean, I I don't have, I have, I guess I don't know where that question should go. (laughs) Sorry. What is your long-term? My my long-term? Yeah. I'm really, right now I'm really working on creating simplicity in my life. And so in my practice and in my life, that is my theme for 2020. And hopefully I can just continue that for the next decade because it feels like a really great word for right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year, my word for my theme was implement. And I implemented a ton of stuff that created a lot of busy work for myself and for my team. and, um, And that was very stressful. Um, so I really just want simplicity and ease and abundance in my life. Uh, so I see that it's, it's happening. I've, I've, I'm creating more clear um, relationships between my patients and their financial responsibilities and, and relationships. So by eliminating insurance companies um, and simplifying our organizational structure and our operations in terms of the EHR and the software. And I'm looking for more time freedom in my life so that I can play in my garden, have an amazing, um, you know, lots of time to whatever <laughs> I feel like doing, um, create really. I want to, I want to write. I, I've really been working on, um, you know, writing and sharing my stories um, and through social media posts and blogs over the last couple of years. And I just, you know, I know that I can help and inspire other people to live their best lives. And that's, that's really what I want to do. So what I'm looking for help with today is um, solidifying a framework for either a program or a book or an ebook. I don't really, I still don't have a lot of clarity there, but I think it'll be a little bit of all of that. Um, Golden chiropractic is the name of my business and a hashtag that I like to use is live life golden. Um, Kind of like your tagline. It's kind of my tagline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so what I'm hearing from you is that you want to take the live life golden concept, the tagline essentially and create a, a bigger emphasis or kind of like a movement around it. 
Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you want to create a, a framework around a book or a course or something along those lines. When you use the word framework, what does that mean to you? Um, I guess just themes and concepts that would be repeatable concepts to, to talk about. Um, maybe they're chapters. Right now I'm thinking of them as, you know, individual blog posts. And then I think I can expand on each of them as they go. And mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to throw this idea out there and, and we can just see where this goes. What I feel like when you're using the frame, the word framework, what you're meaning is what I would call a methodology. Like you want to create a methodology. Um, when I created a methodology, I had no clue, no clue at all that I should A, have a methodology as a coach <laughs> or B, that I actually needed one. <laughs> it just sort of thankfully evolved yeah. on its own sort of organically because I don't know, maybe it's something in me new to kind of be looking for patterns and what is the thing that we teach in this program that predictably helps people get a significant results that's also predictable. Um, so a methodology evolved sort of on its own um, over the course of time. And I can tell you what I talk to my patients about and to our coaching clients about, and those would be the kinds of things that I want to talk about. My struggle is I didn't invent this stuff I learned it from you and I learned it from uh, Natalie Ekdahl at the Biz Chicks podcast. And I learned it from reading, you know, um, everything is figure outable and all these other, you know, do less, these other books that we love and share within the Facebook community and, um, and, and, and inspire me over time mm -hmm. are all very chiropractic and in alignment with my values, which of course is why I love them and read them. And, you know, when I share them with my, my patients, you know, they get excited and I see them making changes in their, in their life. I can totally relate to what you're feeling in regard to feeling like you, you want to teach us back to other people. And yet, do you have the authority to do that? Right. Um, so one of, the, one of the things, and I, I'm certain that you know this because there's a lot of content, a lot of the trainings that we create for Aligned Women um, have, I've been inspired to create them from the same kind of sources, like what I learned in B-School with Marie Forleo or what I've learned through Kate Northrup's program, who's the author of Do Less that you mentioned, um, and a couple of others as well have been really foundational in my my own beliefs and values and how I've applied them to chiropractic practice, for example. But what I make sure that I do as often as I'm consciously aware of it is that if I'm teaching something that I learned from somewhere else, I just say, and I learned this from source. Right. Seth Godin's book or whatever you had <laughs> just read. <laughs> yes. And what happens over time is that as you teach it, and you get feedback from people, you start to create your own spin on it. And so then eventually it really does become yours because truthfully, all the books that you read right now, they're, they're pretty much all saying the same thing, they right? Are. 
like everything is figureoutable is not much different from what Rachel Hollis writes in Girl Wash Your Face. However, I really like everything is figureoutable a whole lot more than Girl Wash Your Face because I really like Marie a lot more than Rachel. <laughs> exactly. And so I am aware that I have my own unique audience. Yes. Right. Who will enjoy hearing me, but might not enjoy hearing you. I don't know. Totally. Seems unreasonable, but it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I have, you know, of course, my patients and then whoever else out there, I could have an impact on their lives. I'm clear on my mission in life. Like my why is that I want to make the world a more beautiful place. And I do that in several ways. My garden. You do that with is, gardening. I do that with gardening, right? I, I, I like to make my garden beautiful and flourish and have flowers in the spring and um, give people flowers and put smiles on their faces. I like to have flowers from my garden in the office and, and that brings people, you know, joy. And the JM mini ranch is another hashtag <laughs> frequently. And I can attest personally that you make people um, happy <laughs> by giving them <laughs> gifts from your, from your mini ranch, yeah. <laughs> like eggs and peaches, for example. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that to me like was like eggs. a really beautiful gift that you brought me when I was in California um, a couple of summers ago. I was like, this is the best peach and literally the best egg I have ever eaten in my whole life. <laughs> you have not stopped talking about my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> now that I have an instant pot, oh my God. Oh, yes. I think actually I the, the key with the egg was that you cracked black pepper on it. And I don't know why that idea had never occurred to me before, but... That's what really made it so good. All right. So I'm way off track, but um, yes. So you're, you're, you're really clear on your mission and on your why. Your mission is to make the world a more beautiful place. And in, in my clinic, I do that by helping people not feel pain and discomfort, right? So they can show up in their lives as better versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. They can pick up their kids and go to work and have an impact in their, in their world and make the world more beautiful that way. Mm-hmm. Sort of, I always think of like spreading smiles by, by when you feel good. Okay. So now you're at a point where you are comfortable with your practice. Um, you're seeing essentially all the patients that you want to see. And now you're looking for a way to continue to grow your, your brand, your business and um, expand your mission and your impact of making the world a more beautiful place. And how will you do that? next right so a a way that would be like the traditional standard way to continue to grow your business in chiropractic would be to hire an associate (laughs) yeah do you want to sell my practice no i don't know (laughs) do you want to talk about the associate idea okay i mean (laughs) (laughs) i i i tried that last year and i don't doubt that i'll never do it again um but yeah i i had hired an associate to work in my practice. It was something you implemented in 2019. That was something I implemented. I didn't know what I was doing. I had never hired a doctor before and, um, and figured out all the steps along the way and certainly made mistakes. And, um, and, uh, and so I think. And learned a lot. Oh my God. The associate that came into your practice last year to work um, had some changes in his family life and just decided to move on. So at that point it was like, okay, it was actually probably a good thing for you from that perspective of um, a profitable business, right? Because it was feeling 
um, perhaps tense to you to have the associate. And then also we add the caveat of becoming uh, the sole financial provider for your family last year as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're feeling also kind of like a little been there, done that with an associate in your practice. That's not the right next step for you. No, no. I think what I, that's not what I want to work on in 20, in this next year. Okay. So how do you move forward with creating a new offering for people to help make the world a more beautiful place that is also simple? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, having a framework feels like a nice um, way to begin creating my thoughts, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like evolving your methodology in this process of creating a new offering um, is something that will evolve over time. You won't know your methodology fully until you start teaching it in a new way outside of patient care. Cause you've, you've developed it over time with patient care. It's just not fully developed in a way that expands into this next offering. So you're wondering, should I write a book? Should I start a blog? Should I do something different? Like, right. Cause I want to make sure that whatever I create is also um, something I can monetize. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause otherwise I mean, it's a passion project and, that's my garden. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. And, and I mean, you, you know this already. I'm just going to add the caveat here for our listeners that um, it's, it's totally acceptable to want to make more money. I'm pretty certain you still have student loan debt. Lots. <laughs> Me too. Um, and so, you know, like when we create a business, that business should be, designed, it's not going to happen instantaneously, but it should be designed to help reach your life goals, not detract from them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're in a place right now where your practice isn't moving toward you being able to pay down your student loan debt, then you need to look at that because you're not running a charity. Yeah. And even if you were, nonprofits still need to be profitable. It's kind sure. of a misnomer, the nonprofit Um nomenclature. Okay. So I have a thought for you that I'll share with you and just kind of like put this out there for you around how to decide what it is you're going to put your focus on, especially so that you can keep this simple before you create anything new at all. You need to get feedback from people about what it is they want more support with you in or for or with. So maybe that means starting with your existing patients, particularly narrowing down to um, like your top 10 favorite patients. If you can find a, a category of patients that seem to have, um, well, really, they don't even have to have like similar <clears throat> qualities or characteristics, but that you're excited to see them when they come into your office and figuring out what are the commonalities What, once they've gone through chiropractic care with you, especially what is still lingering unresolved that you also would be excited to teach them and help them resolve. And then as you do that, then that helps clarify what is the format in which you share that information with them. Yeah. What are you hearing? I was just brainstorming some of the things that um, 
a few a few people that came to mind um, who come in with recurring tension and stress, overwhelm, anxiety, um, I guess just like discontent with their life in some way. So maybe the relationships they have or their job or both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of it is what I think is not getting really clear on what it is they want to manifest in their lives. Or even knowing that they have the ability to choose that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So you, I, I think, and I don't know what this framework is that you have in your mind. I haven't like experienced that myself as someone on the receiving end of your gifts and talents, but um, I, I have pretty solid hunch that you know what your framework is and you just need to figure out you need some validation from other people of what how to package it for them yeah essentially right and who better to ask than people that already know like and trust you what do you think will happen if you um if you reach out to some existing patients maybe who you would be excited to interview and ask some questions and get feedback from what would be their response oh i'm sure they'd say yes most likely. Yeah. I mean, just since we went through the how-to training um, from the recent how-to that you did on how to nurture your ideal patients, it's amazing how much um, myself and my staff have been just keyed in to really nurturing our customers and our patients that we love. Um, one of We were having a conversation with a patient the other day, and, and he was struggling with charging his phone and logging into our new system because his battery was dying. And my... I don't know. They were like, we need to set up a charging station. I'm like, oh, of mm. course, that would make everybody happy. Charge your phones while you're getting your spine adjusted. Yeah. And then so we have a, um, any case, if you just start talking to people and finding out what their problems are, I can help figure out how to resolve them or how to solve them. That's what I like doing. Yes. Another thing that's likely to happen for you too is that you'll hear ideas from people that you know clearly you don't want to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, even if I, and I'm not opposed to trying an idea and then being like, well, that didn't work. I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. That's good because it's likely to happen that I, you'll do something and it doesn't work and you'll need to try again. And it's not, yeah, I'm not, it's not going to, I'm not going to quit when I have my first failure, if you will, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah. took my quiz. downloaded my pdf um yeah no i like the idea of interviewing people and finding out you know how how what do they like what you said what do they need um or want more support with Mm -hmm. formats they like to get that in yeah yeah and again you know just opening up that invitation to receive that feedback from them they may not tell you exactly what it is that you should do, but I think you having those conversations will really help you get more clear and more certain as you talk with more and more people about your concepts of where that concept is going. Um, Okay. So what's your homework from our time together today? I've got to interview some people. Yeah. 
All right. So what's the first step to doing that? Um, I'm going to pick 10 people. So identifying 10 people, step number one. Mm -hmm. Step number two. Reach out to them and do it. Oh, I guess I have to figure out what my questions are going to be. Do you want to reach out to them yourself or would you want to have one of your team members manage that for you? Oh, I don't mind doing it. Okay. So you're going to reach out to the 10 people and what are you going to say? What do you want more help with? <laughs> um, So maybe start with, with where you're like, what you're envisioning for the future of your practice and your brand and just kind of sharing with them, you know, an insider's perspective of what that looks like for you now and in the anticipated future. Um, and the overall concept that you have of teaching more information to -hmm. people and sort of creating what we would call an informational product. Yeah. And that you would love to hear from them more about what um, what problems they still have. Like, what are their biggest problems? What keeps them up at night? What do they worry about? And if you could wave a magic wand and change it, what would they want that to look like? What would they want the result to look like? And so that also then becomes really key for you to weave into um, any kind of sales copy or essentially content that you create because you want to match up the problem and the solution and their words and how they describe those problems and solutions and what they want. All right. So you're going to make a list of 10 people, reach out to them, ask them for some of their time to interview them actually have the interview and then you've got to spend some time kind of reviewing the data, if you will, or just kind of processing what you hear from them. What's the fourth step? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the fourth step is the, is probably the obvious one. It's like so obvious that you're, you're like, well, I don't know. What is it? Make just, the thing. Make a <laughs> make choice. An offer. <laughs> yeah, make a choice. Design it. Create it. Get it out there. Because getting it out there is how you will know: Does this work? Yeah. Do I like doing this? Do people want this? do we need to tweak something about it or do I need to scrap this and try again? Sounds good. Doable. Doable. Totally doable. Totally doable. <laughs> Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the aligned women podcast. If you've loved this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic who you know would love to be more profitable in her practice without sacrificing any more time with her family. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into how you can have both more time freedom and more financial freedom, 
be sure to take the Align Practice Quiz. You can join our newsletter and get your free copy of the quiz at alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. You'll know in less than 15 minutes what you need to focus on right away to become present and profitable. We'll see you in your email inbox soon. Thank you.